Marketing is about value. This is a very complicated world. It's a very noisy world. And we're not going to get a chance to get people to remember much about us. No company is. And so we have to be really clear on what we want them to know about us. Here we go. No shit. Fuck me. It's really awful. You trying to do <laughs> what is six multiplied by 166? Quick maths. 1,000. 1,000. Mr. Pavi, what does 1,000 represent? That's the number of downloads we had on the podcast so far. Bingo. Yeah. We've just done 10x our target of month one. Yes. A thousand as of uh, yesterday. So by the time this comes out a few days ago. Uh, yeah, 1,000, almost uh, 1,100 now. Um, two days before the end of the month. So thank thank you for listening. Uh, it's uh, it's been a lot uh, a lot bigger than we thought it would. <laughs> so we, now we have to carry on. I'm struggling to know what should be the target for months two. Sensibly, we should probably say like twenty percent or something. <laughs> yeah, to I be feel sensible. Like you think that's too. Yeah, yeah, you think that's too. That's too weak. If we say two thousand, that would be great, but it will be a hustle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd, I'd love to add two thousand. We'll see. I guess it depends on uh, the extra stuff that we do to promote it, the guests that we uh, bring on. We've got a long list of people mm-hmm. that uh, we need to arrange uh, some chats with. Thank you, everyone, for your recommendations of guests. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for the recommendation. Of course. I uh, feel like we've uh, we've added a few a few more things in the last uh, week or so. Obviously, we had uh, a couple of uh, great guests that added a, an an additional um, you know uh, layer of uh, new listeners. Yeah. Uh, I think we're getting an influx from the US. I saw Australia as well is picking up about like thirty people in Australia. But mostly the US, uh, thanks to Cody, uh, the week uh, a week ago, and we started doing a bit more content as well out uh, on other channels with some clips and everything. Like you're doing a few a few things on TikTok. We've got a few different channels where content is going out. Obviously, we're using LinkedIn still. Um, what else? We've, we, I think the, the the SEO is working really well. Um, I sent I sent to you the um, screenshots from. Uh, I think I took a few days ago, but if you type growth or startups or marketing, I think it was on Spotify. Like we show up mm-hmm. either number one or in the first few. Uh, I think in one yeah, of the screenshots, I, we, were, we were above like Y Combinator, and I was like, "Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's nice." No pressure. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. I think the whole podcast SEO thing is really interesting because I got. Low, I mean, I didn't hadn't really considered it at all before we spoke to Cody last week. Obviously, you've been doing a bit of it in the past, but um, just mm. the way. You know, taking because I think people would think I can't be bothered to write show notes and I can't be bothered to take too much time over yeah. putting all the content out there and the titles and all that stuff. But it obviously makes a massive impact because you know the same reason every all SEO makes a big impact. But I think it's probably easy to forget on a channel like podcasts that you do need to put in that work and how beneficial that can be. Yeah, it's very simple, very simple algorithm to rank. And most podcasts don't really do um, keywords optimization. It's not really a thing that most podcasts do. So it's really easy to show up, especially if it's keywords that people would, would tend to look for. Uh, you can grab a few um, a few new listeners that way. And uh, just in case it wasn't clear, uh, for those uh, maybe watching on YouTube, there's only a few of you guys, but uh, I, I am eating a, a nice lolly. So if you can... Uh, if you can hear some noise, it's me 
eating an ice cream. <laughs> but I'm I'm almost finished. So I'll do my best to remove any of the disgusting lip smacking noises in when I do the edit. <laughs> turn it into some kind of weird um, ASMR thing. Exactly. We spoke about it in the first, I think in the first episode, but that's the way we, we we're actually doing it, making like some noise and noise yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, now we've done that, you can put ASMR as a keyword, and then we can start ranking for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the AI that we're using for to write, <laughs> it will find uh, it. It will find a way of find you saying it, and we'll have it as a keyword. So that's that's all good. We should also say that um, by the time this comes out, we would have launched our newsletter as well. Uh, which you can find in the show notes in the description. Uh, there's the link. Um, and maybe we should talk a little bit about that. Um, we aim to drop an episode every week and technically the, the day after have a newsletter to uh, kind of uh, launch the episode as well as giving a few more things. I still working progress. But we're thinking extra insights, maybe some links of things we found, memes, um, maybe like one one of our you know ads, like legendary ads uh, that we collected over the over the last few years, um, things like that uh, that might you know spark some some ideas in your week when it comes to growth and, and marketing. Um, what do you think? What else? Yeah, I think some exclusive content from our guests, just little small snippets, you know, things to think about or questions or talking points, takeaways, stuff like that. Um, we haven't actually got any of that from the existing episodes because we only thought of this idea recently. But in the future, we're going to try and get a few yeah. nice little tidbits that we can put in the newsletter that makes it a bit different yeah. and you find a bit more content in there but i think it, the idea is it shouldn't be long i really like george max plug uh, marketing plug uh, newsletter because just super short yeah. you can read the whole thing in like 30 seconds and that's what you need if when it when they're too long you just yeah. can't they just end up bombarding you and you just don't bother reading them yeah yeah love that so in a week time by the time you hear this go to the description subscribe you'll get um you'll get more um, from the content. So, yeah. And it supports us. So, it's nice. I think there was three buckets of um, kind of growth pillars we wanted to tackle for the for the podcast. We mentioned uh, SEO. That's kind of in the works. We spoke about paid ads. That's actually running, but very minimal spend we're doing a, a little testing at the moment but it is um proving to be very cheap i think i send you screenshots every now and then of uh, what's, yeah. what's going on there um but um we, we, we're paying between 10 and 20 10 and 20 cents for a link click which opens the apple podcast so it's technically a download or very close to that Someone commented on on your Twitter thread, and they were like, "This isn't a good idea to get long, like proper listens from." And I think people kind of get in the wrong idea of what we're doing it for, and it's more of a little mm. grey ha- hacky test to, you know, yeah. kind of not really trick the algorithm, but boost those numbers a bit. That gets you up the charts further, gets more eyeballs on you yeah. organically. So it's less of a play to actually find people to listen, which would be great. I mean, we're targeting people that should be interested, but it's not like we're you know, begging to acquire users through ads. And that kind of brings me on to something that um, we spoke to Cody last week and what I thought was really interesting and actually a lot of the feedback I've had from people that listened to it said that they really loved, and this sentiment was echoed on Twitter as well, they really loved his chat around the kind of grey hat side of marketing. And I'm really here for that because I think there's not enough, people don't talk enough about grey hat, black hat marketing and you know, you can affect if you don't know what that is, you can kind of think of it as black cat marketing. It's like slightly shady, um, 
I guess you could say illegal if it's against like GDPR and data privacy practices. And then grey hat is like between kind of legit and shady practices. And that sounds pretty scary. And there's obviously some elements of it that are, but that kind of stuff's been around for years. And I spoke in the first episode about how, um, you know, I was kind of gaming the system and making some money through affiliate marketing, you know, getting people to sign up kind of shady techniques and i don't do that stuff anymore ladies and gentlemen but that all is classed black hat and gray hat and if you go on the big forums like um warrior forums is a big one you can there's so many they kind of we've said this in the past they kind of scams in themselves but people have their courses or they sell them as like programs or or like products and it's like your framework to making a passive income of 50 grand a month and that's always doing something dodgy like find a niche spin up a site a fake review site and then send affiliate you know mm. join up with affiliate links and it's all and those people operate in that world don't necessarily go to ever do legit things but it's definitely worth digging into but the reason why i think i want to talk more about that on the podcast is because nobody talks about it but most people do it so i was listening to the most recent lenny's podcast um, and they were interviewing he was talking to the head of growth from ramp and he was saying that they have all this he's talking about the setup of all their teams and they have a team called their skunk works team which is um like a skunk works i think is like the <laughs> it's like a military thing that, that that do um like the experimental bits and bobs anyway but he was kind of selling that as they're the team that go out and do the crazy things to to test like growth hack stuff and when lenny pushed him and said yeah. like what kind of stuff do they do he was like, oh, they've done some crazy stuff. Like, you know, they've tested TikTok and they've done some Reddit ads. And I was like, that isn't a fucking skunkworks <laughs> team doing that. That's bullshit. So <laughs> the, I think a lot of the time, yeah. every startup has done something shady. Every marketplace has tried to steal users or leak users from a competing yeah. marketplace. Every It's all scraping. You, know, you need to, yeah. you need to, yeah, exactly. You need People have scraped email addresses. You can... You can go and you can spend time finding email addresses on LinkedIn, compiling the list yourself and sending an email, and that's fine. But using a tool to do that for you gets you into that shady territory. But I don't think enough startups talk about that. But they love to talk about growth hacking. They never really, you know, reveal what they what they actually do. Um, yeah, which is legit uh, yeah, that, growth hacking. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's 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 always uh, you. It's always a time that uh, startups or people who do that kind of stuff tend to forget very quickly when they get to a certain size. They, they, you know, they like they push it to the side. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong with um, any sort of scraping. Also, like you said, like most of the the startups or you know big business that we use nowadays, like Airbnb, for example, were based off uh, scraping Craigslist in the US and um you know there's nothing wrong with that ebay probably the beginning of marketplaces like they all yeah. came from like scraping uh the data that was available somewhere else at some point um which brings me to the third point which we uh third growth uh tactic that we haven't started yet that we might start soon is uh called emailing uh which seems to be working really well for podcasts as well um, just basically sending someone the link of the latest episode, a little summary, uh, one link. And apparently if the targeting is good enough and what you're sending good enough, obviously if you've got like a good product or something to offer that has value, for example, a podcast. And is um, relevant to that person. And is relevant to that person, someone in marketing, a head of growth, uh, whatever it is around that field there's a very likely chance that that person's going to open that email listen to the podcast and if you're lucky become a um, you know avid listener to uh, to the content i think it's a way it's also it's just a way to accelerate the distribution the awareness of what you do to the audience you're trying to attract um you can you can take it the slow way and you know uh, uh, I think there was a, I think there was a tweet from Cody actually saying like uh, first time find, founders will, uh, will, will you know, write a focus on doing article. something like write a medium, <laughs> write a medium article, um, and and you know take it the the slow way and then the second time finder will just uh, scrape emails and blast their uh, 
potential audience as fast as possible. Um, yeah, but it's about it's it's about what uh, we were talking about last week with him, which uh, was really interesting. The the notion of uh, being a a spec and and creating uh, mass and gravity around you to attract um, to uh, uh, you know attract more and more customer or more and more users over time. Uh, and getting some some size as as you do, which is interesting because I was telling you I, I wasn't using this example the right way. For me, it was fighting gravity, and for him, it was creating gravity by being the 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 little speck. Um, so that it works both ways. You told me which is true, but it's two different way to very different way to explain it. And I love that stuff because I love the film Interstellar. So everything that is about <laughs> <laughs> space and gravity to the point where I don't really understand it. Um, uh, I, I, I love to use as an example. Um, yeah, no, I so think yeah. it's cool. I love that example. I'm definitely going to use that. Um, definitely use that a lot. And you know, if you go through YC Y Combinator, you are you basically have to hit ten percent growth month over month, and that is. And Paul Graham will say, "Ask Paul Graham what is growth." He would say anything to get you that next one user. The founders of yeah. Airbnb, when they're going through YC, they were out literally knocking doors in New York to sign people up on their doorstep yeah. to just get to that ten percent of additional growth, and that is that is what growth is. You know, anything you you will do anything to get those users in the door, and that's what people need to talk about more. Totally. That brings me to something I learned this week. Actually, uh, that I, I've noticed. But I never really realized like how I was done and how powerful it can be. And potentially that'll be part of the way we, we get some organic growth to to the podcast and the newsletter. Is uh LinkedIn. But not LinkedIn in a way that we previously spoke about it. Um LinkedIn um in the sense of uh company pages. I always thought um, that company pages were uh, bad and not getting any engagement uh, on LinkedIn. And that's why over the years, I always focus on uh, my profile. It was always, uh, I'm taking myself as an example, always better to uh, post about something myself. You get a lot more engagement, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm, I met this uh, this guy this week uh, of the back of an announcement we did uh, at Nude um, around AI actually uh, this week that we we tried to get a little bit uh, viral. It got you know a decent amount <coughs> of traction, uh, but that guy noticed um, that, and we had a quick chat, and uh, he showed me what he was doing, and basically showed me all these pages that he grew particularly in this, the field of uh, generative AI, but it applies to any subject where these pages have hundreds of thousands of followers, some of them, a few of them, million, like a million plus mm. followers on company pages. And I was I was shocked. I was like, I, you know, you've seen them around. You've seen those massive posts going viral on LinkedIn. There's quite a few on marketing, actually. So that's why I got intrigued because I was like, okay, I've I've seen those around. Um, there's one by uh, Dan Murray, the Marketing Millennials um, uh, page yep. or group, which is quite big on Twitter as well, like his profile, but as well as the, that group, the, that page on Marketing Millennial page on um, LinkedIn is 100,000 plus followers, right? Mm. And... The way these pages um, work is that they do not go for original content. Never. It's always the, the, the trick is to always echo something that is already working. And that would be um, prioritized by LinkedIn because it already knows, it can tell that it's a mm. potential viral piece of content and will give it more traction. None of these pages... Very, very few of the posts are actually original posts. Most of these posts are a photo of a, let's take the marketing field, mm. of a marketing campaign, let's say, like we all have seen the, I don't know, the KitKat bench, you know, take a break and it's like a, a KitKat bench. I don't know. Like we've yeah. seen that, like those ones come back every few months, you know, like it's like you've, you've seen them many times, but they come back and every time I see them, they've got like 10,000 likes and, you know, 600 comments, like something crazy. 
they just uh, reuse those content with very minimal piece of copy at the top. But they do it every day. And over time, these pages just amass like an, um, a crazy amount of followers. And then they use a little bit like the Facebook page days back, in, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, it's exactly the same thing. I think it was the same strategy that um, Stephen Bartlett used to create social chain. It was mm. he, he owned all these community pages on Facebook and then monetized those to sign big brands, right? The biggest brands. Mm. That's how that's how the agency got uh, got started, to my to my knowledge. And uh, and it's happening again on LinkedIn, basically. So the formula seems simple. I think it takes time. It's not that easy, but you can if you can find a niche, you stick to that niche. You only talk about that niche, so marketing, being a social media manager, being growth marketing, whatever it is. Yep. And every day, you talk about that in a often in a kind of uh, fun funny, way, like you more, way, yeah. funny, yeah, light, yeah, light in a light way, and um, and then use that as a vehicle to like plug your. Often it's a marketing agency, plug your marketing agency. For us, it would be plug the podcast or plug the newsletter um, and, and and grow that way. So we started one. <laughs> That's the, the short, the, 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 short, the, the short answer. The summary, we started one. Uh, we'll see if that works. We'll, I won't tell you too much about it now because it's too soon. But maybe in a few weeks, if we start seeing some traction, will uh, report back but yeah company pages on linkedin on a particular niche seems to be the the hot shit uh go have a look yeah what do you cool. think i'm looking forward to i think i think it's cool i'm looking forward to seeing how that does i like the content that we've put up already and our little uh bank bank of future content yeah yeah i think it's yeah. going to be an interesting little case study to see how well it goes yeah, and the the, um, the the key there is to automate the hell out of it. Um, I'm gonna try. I think we're gonna try and upload as many as we can in advance. If we can, you know, do thirty like one a day for a month in advance, and it takes us like fifteen minutes to do so. Yeah, it's a very uh, small amount of time invested to something that potentially could create organic traffic towards um towards the rest of what we do so uh we'll see yeah definitely i think it's uh it's interesting how linkedin has changed over the last maybe even five years it's always been uh, i think my favorite social network the one that i can scroll the longest and actually find interesting useful stuff um it's definitely like turning into everybody it used to be some people built their personal brand I know you've yeah. been on it from kind of day one but now it's like everyone does and yeah. um, I really like that the the little meme that you put out last week about consultants and it was like um, <laughs> this is a consultant he's like yeah. 23 fresh out of uni and he knows everything already or something along those lines and it really triggered yeah, people yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think that is definitely how the platform is going you know you have to yeah you have to everyone is trying to be an expert everyone's putting content on it so it's like i'd love to see the volume of content uploaded to linkedin on like a daily basis today versus yeah. like five to ten years ago it must be massively more i hope it doesn't end up getting too swamped with with that kind of stuff mm. especially now you know yeah. it's a boring thing to, to say but now everyone can just generate stuff through ai you know, the amount of things i've read which is yeah. or posts that are like is the five-step thing to generate content to build your own agency yeah. when you have literally zero experience on running marketing just through getting some LinkedIn, uh, just through getting AI to make a LinkedIn post. So that's kind of, I think that's mm. that's pretty shit. But um, yeah. you've got to use it, right? you got you got to use all these techniques to try and grow. Exactly. That post, by the way, you know, like, I've, like you said, I've been grinding, trying to find original content for years been very active sharing value and apparently that's not what works <laughs> what works is just one uh meme that i found somewhere else and uh you know and I, I think i ended up getting almost three thousand likes and i don't know like 
how many comments and shares, but you know how many people are rich with that one post. That's by far my best post, like ever mm -hmm. by like six times. I think my best post after that uh, was like 500 likes. And that one did 3,000. It, it reached half a million people. Wow, that's crazy. It's, it's mad. It's mad. That's insane. So imagine doing that like at least once a week. Some people do that every day. Like there's some yeah. creators on LinkedIn, they, they do they do those numbers every day. Uh, it's pretty scary, isn't it's it? It's mad. Not, well, not really scary, yeah. but it's crazy that um, that 500,000 people, have, you know, we've all run ads and things for businesses that have got have gone have reached that many people but it's never like connected to your face and to your name you can say like half a million <laughs> people now have seen your name there's not many people can say yeah that. yeah yeah how many That's did true. you get how many um followers did you or not maybe as, as an exact number but did you see a big boost in followers from that yeah i got like about uh between three and four hundred new followers off mm. the back of it it's uh which is nice i feel like we spoke about that with uh imi the dopamine hits that you get um, when working in growth. I f physically feel like the ups and downs of the job when the targets are hit or when the targets are missed, it really impacts my mood. And I, and I never really thought about this more than that until recently and realized that it was all probably all linked to the dopamine hits that you get when you're growing when the business that you work for or your business is growing you're hitting your targets you feel a, you're like in a in a eye in a constant level of eye every day but once you get one or consecutive um bad days meaning you're not hitting the target i physically feel like almost like depressed you know like you really mm -hmm. come down from uh almost like uh you know coming down from uh from drugs or something not that i know what it is but you know uh <laughs> get that wednesday <laughs> after the saturday feeling <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you do you feel yeah. do you feel that way as well? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Definitely. Um yeah, we did touch on this a bit with Imi. Um I think yeah, it's it's easy like I think I said before, it's, I think it's easy to take it personally or feel that like pressure of targets. I mean, no, most people hate the thought of being in a like a target oriented job yeah. because you know if you're in like a sales team and you have to meet your targets then that can be quite stressful because you're not bringing a you're not growing the business and it, it's exactly the same from like a marketing or growth perspective because if you're not hitting those targets then the business isn't growing and then people the, the new revenue isn't coming in potentially and that directly impacts everything mm -hmm. you, at the end of the day people's people's uh, salaries so i think it can be it can be depressing in that element, but I also see what you mean when it's more yeah. like you're on the high of smashing through the targets and then you get a down day and you're like, Ugh, yeah. I can physically feel it. So yeah, I think that's a legit thing. Yeah. I, I, it's, it reminds me of, um, it reminds me of sport. Uh, when I used to play basketball, when you get like on a good phase and a bad phase, like the way it affects you uh, physically feels very similar. And, yeah. I think yeah, I, I I remember when we we spoke about this with Imi um, uh, briefly. Um, I think the thing that I didn't mention is that I can't dis the um, dissociate with it. Like it's uh, it's really hard to just uh, try and uh, leave it at the door. Yeah, leave leave it at the door. Yeah, it's it's because it's a physical reaction. It's really hard because it's a physical reaction to the brain. Like dopamine is is a phys is a chemical, it's a chemical reaction to you to 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 you. So it's not it's not just a mindset. And I, I find that I guess what I'm trying to say is like it's interesting. 
it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to realize it's happening and then um and then try and find a way to deal with it but i don't think is that sim is as simple as saying um you know you need to you know things like work life balance and you know switch off switch on like it's it's i don't i don't think it's that easy at all because um i know it it does affect me in, in much deeper mm. way than that um and i'm sure some other so people how do you deal with those it, kind of roles i I, th- I just i'm i'm just trying to be aware of it so when i'm it doesn't surprise me anymore that's i guess that's the my way of dealing with it at the moment mm. i know it's happening i know it's because of that because it's not um it's not necessarily that obvious because it's uh it's more like uh it's energy it's uh, it's physical and and very quickly knowing that it's most likely related to the fact that you didn't have those uh those little dopamine hits from the numbers your latest linkedin posts like you can go that deep you know like you didn't get enough engagement on whatever like it might happen to us with a podcast eventually when we get to like maybe 10x the numbers, you know, when we get to like a thousand listeners an episode and maybe one episode we get down to 500. Maybe we might feel that way as well because we're I getting quit. excitement. Yeah, <laughs> I quit. We're getting excite- excitement on the way up, but yeah, you know, if it slows down. Yeah, I guess, might, that, I mean, that's the, like way. the problem with social media as well, right? When and Facebook or uh, Instagram taking away over year, over the years taking away like the visibility of followers and and that kind of thing because people do get addicted to yeah. i guess addicted to the positive it's, it's the same thing right if if you're putting content out there on instagram you're doing it because you want some kind of positive engagement back to you and you get addicted yeah. to having that that um positive validation yeah. but then from yeah from a growth perspective so you need to join growth anonymous my name's Johan Pevy and I'm a growth addict. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do your 12-step program of how you deal with not hitting targets. Of- yeah, yeah. I haven't looked at uh, my targets for two weeks. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what you want. Yeah, but um, uh, that's yeah. It's definitely a, it's definitely a legit thing. It's crazy, really. I mean, it's something that didn't wouldn't have even existed. No not even that long ago you know like 30 years yeah. ago or probably even yeah. maybe even 20 years ago um yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 having a dopamine hit from any kind of technology you know we know apps are built mm. to trigger those dopamine hits through gamification and um you know alerts and notifications yeah. and liking and all that kind of shit so we're definitely being controlled by by all of this stuff that, that didn't used to exist i read this thing quite yeah. interesting thing a while back which was you you we are just like basically like advanced monkeys and we're not even that we've only been around for like a few million years but every time you're looking at your phone and you're using like let's say instagram and it's built in a way to trigger these like lizard brain things in you that you have no as you say you know you you can notice it but you have no control over it like you can't stop breathing you know there's some things in your body that you're just you're just a passenger um and it was saying that if you're as like that monkey looking at that phone screen, what's looking back at you is like infinite and unimaginable processing power and knowledge that is that you basically are. You cannot compete with that. You're just a slave to whatever that yeah. wants to do to you. You you can't compete because we're just these monkeys walking around looking at phones and we can't compete with it. And now the AI, the AI, it's not like my dad saying the AI. But now with the developments of AI and it's just, um, you, we know human psychology and that's always going to be built in. There's always going to be mm. people building something to play on that psychology to sell us something or to get us to do something. And there's a limit of how resistive or how resistant we can be to that. We can ask that question to everyone who comes on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess the, 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 the irony of our jobs is that we know it's happening and at the same time it's happening to us because we have to use these tools and understand them and 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 find and find uh yeah find growth and find the arbitrage within those uh, those platforms they 
in in uh, the boomerang back to us and affect us uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, we had a, a topic on ads library. I think there's been some um, development. Is it list this week? Mm-hmm. Maybe last week. It's been announced. Yeah. Um, I think something really cool uh, that you can now access any uh, Google ads um, from any advertisers. Uh, Similarly, that you can do on Facebook, on the Facebook ads library. There's a Google ads library. I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find it. Uh, If I remember, uh, we'll put it in the show notes (laughs) in the description, but uh, I might forget. But it's, um, it's available. And so that means now as a as a marketer you can spy and get inspired or steal ideas from uh anyone in the world that is running ads on google as well as facebook as well as tiktok all of these platforms have open libraries um it's pretty cool did you did you see that there's, there's a few people yeah, who spoke I did. about it i did yeah i think it's very cool and also it means that you can spy on your competitors without being a dick and accidentally clicking on it and costing them a click, uh, which is obviously a nice thing to do, not not being an arsehole. But I think, yeah, I think it's great. I, any visibility into um, not even just competitors, but just inspiration yeah, in general, you know, that, yeah. that you can get. The TikTok library is amazing, I think. The fact that it shows you yeah, yeah, yeah. the point at which people engage on a timeline and the amount that people watch every video. I wish that they all had that level of uh, data behind it because you can really yeah. use it actually usefully to craft something. Um, Facebook library, I think, is great. and um, People don't necessarily know that you can just search for anything on that. You don't have to... By default, it tries to match it to a page where you can just search for a keyword and you can find all the ads relating to that keyword, which is pretty cool. But yeah, for Google, I wow. think it's um, I think it's really cool. We you know do do a lot of work with charities, and the um, it's really interesting to see how they work because a lot of charities operate through the Google Grant scheme, which means mm. they get a grant to effectively free advertising to to a certain budget, and and that grant caps you that you can't appear in position one you can't um there's like things like that but there's also caps like you can't achieve a click-through rate of less than a certain percentage so there's there's also there's like a a range to stay in but um you because the charity and because you have these different constraints it's quite difficult to find areas of opportunity and i think now with this it's going to make it much easier to see what are the big players doing the big charity players doing and how are they finding that opportunity because obviously there's not many people out there searching I want to donate to a charity. You know, you have to find other ways. Yeah. And like everything, if you can find what a big player is doing, you know, if you go on the Nike homepage, you know that, or if you go to like um, a sneaker pre-release page, landing page where you have to put your, join the sneakers app or just put your email address in, sign up, you know that that has been tested to like the nth degree. So you can effectively copy that and know that you've bypassed yeah. a couple of years worth of testing and i think the same can be said for if you're a small player and you go on the google ads library and you look up what a big competitor in your market is doing and you can effectively say i'm going to try that because it's probably working for them the same way if you go on the facebook ads library and you see that an ad's been running for a competitor yeah. for like six months you know that that ad is working for them because it's still running on six months so yeah i think it's great yeah yeah, yeah. um Great analysis, man. I think uh, if I were to classify them, I agree. The TikTok one is probably the best. Second one, Facebook. Third one, Google. I looked at the, the Google one is uh, where you realize as well is uh, most ads on Google are pretty you know, straight to the point. You know, one sentence, one image. It's a search ad, you know, pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the ones uh, the, the ones on 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 TikTok is uh, is incredible. Like seeing the retention rate on the, on the video where people drop all the like the, the engagement on each of those ads, comments, shares, all of that is is so valuable. And I still think um, there is uh, too few uh, marketing teams looking at uh, ads library to. Mm. Uh, to do the the paid work um 
yeah, if you you know spending more time on there, I think you know can save you so much time. Like you said, uh, looking at uh, people doing it for more with more budget than you, with more resources than you, you can bypass a lot of testing by looking at what's working for them and making making it your own. Um, Definitely. What what do you think about? Um... Because if you go on the TikTok ads library, you'll see and you look at like top performing ads this week or, or this month, they will be, they'll always be, um, well, actually, I'm always surprised at how shit they are. But, but And people put in so much effort to make a nice ad, but it turns out that it's the shit ones that work, which is always the way. But um, I saw this post on LinkedIn recently and it was saying like, this is a bad ad and it was a Nivea, um, I think it was like some Nivea body butter thing. I oh, know it was a Nivea night cream, like a night moisturizer. And the lid was like slightly off. So you could see like an arc of the, the white cream inside. And it looked like the, it was like a moon, like a half moon. Um, and I thought it was mm. like amazing. It's like amazing brand ad. And I love seeing that stuff. And I know that when we've been going through for the thing you spoke about earlier about the LinkedIn business page, we've been going through and finding some really nice ads that are for intents and purposes, brand focused ads because a brand focused ad is typically much more creative than like a direct response focused ad mm. and if you go down the rabbit hole following making every single ad you put out optimized to performance marketing i think we end up in this boring world where you just have pain point um hit the user's problem talk to mm. the cost do some objection handling and all that stuff works and obviously you have to do that if you need to hit your targets but I know you're a big, you know, you love the kind of brand um, plays and and the kind of brand marketing. Yeah. So I just think it would be a shame if we end up in a world where there's none of that brand creativity left. And then when we're going into that, this, um, this what you can do with AI. And we've said before that yeah. in a in a like a few months or a few years, you might not see any ads that are, or the majority of ads you make are just made by AI because it knows what works, it knows what converts mm. people. But what do you think yeah. about essentially the the eventual death of like? the big brand ad i i don't i don't think it'll um i don't think it'll go away because you always have uh you will always have those big brands like i'm thinking of uh you know drinks as well like pepsi coca-cola mm-hmm. like pepsi is um known for uh still doing this kind of like very creative like using the best agency and having like, I think mm. one of the most recent one I remember from them is uh, taking the the wrapper of competitors. So it makes the Pepsi logo off of like, uh, um, was it Pepsi or Burger King? Oh, I can't remember. But Actually, one I think that was Burger uh, King. Now you've said that because I was thinking I'm Burger sure King. Burger yeah, yeah. So it was a McDonald's yeah. wrapper and it, it'll create the Burger King. Um yeah, so I I, th- I think that's never uh, never gonna go away because there's always a space for that, especially for the uh, like big big brands, and um and that, and that's fine because they've got the the budget for it. I think it gets harder when you're uh, on the up and you don't have the budget. You, you it goes back to the debate like uh, what's your you know brand versus performance mix i do think that when you're small um there is a there is a limit you shouldn't cross when it comes to uh, spending on brand i think most yeah, of it should definitely. go on performance to again to go back to what i was saying at the very beginning to create mass and and uh, attract uh, people to your business create momentum you're not going to do that by uh, uh, well, you won't have the budget to do that with like a very creative best agency, best idea, and out of home and all these yeah. uh, very expensive kind of mediums. You'll probably do that by finding the arbitrage on the uh, on the digital channels with a very performance driven or um, kind of creative. And but that's but that's fine. I think I think even at, at that level, you can still have some brand. You, you will have some brand um, dedicated budget, but um, it won't be to the extent of, uh, you know, the ones you see on the, the LinkedIn marketing pages that post every day. Um, yeah. it, it will be, it will be to a, to a lesser, a lesser level. Um, but at the same time, it's not impossible. It's very few examples. If you think about, uh, I think the last couple of years, 
one startup that's done very well on like building brand with almost zero budget is the dating app Thursday, you know Thursday with their oh, Thursday um, mm. with their whiteboard and uh, being in the streets uh, basically creating hype by sharing them that on LinkedIn and getting a ton of people to like like and comment and add up 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 I would be surprised if what they were doing in the street had any impact on the street. It's more like he had impact mm-hmm. online by taking photos mm-hmm. of what they were doing on the street. I think that's the that's the tactic. But that's that that was their way of doing it. So I, I think those kind of stuff are never going to be replaced by you know AI. I think that comes from pure creativity, being scrappy, yeah. budget or no budget. I think those things will will remain, but. There is like very few examples at the same time, so it's not easy. Like not everyone are doing that. Like I literally can only think about them when I think about a small startup mm-hmm. getting off the ground by doing more brand type of uh, uh, you know activity like that. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it rambling. does. It does definitely. It does. I think it's. Um, I think it's really interesting. I don't want to be, live in a world where everything's performance optimized, but equally, no. we operate in a world where everything has to be <laughs> very much performance optimized. So as long as there are yeah. the big companies out there that are still doing this creative branding stuff, then that's cool. I also think you can be creative in your. You can come up with a nice concept and a cool idea and execute it in an. Well, yeah, like Thursday, right? And I think yeah. you can be. Doesn't have to be. I guess it is brand awareness, but it's kind of seen like a bit of a dirty word, but you can do, if you're getting your brand personality out there, yeah. you can do that through an ad that is optimized or to do, to, you know, drive some kind of conversion event. Doesn't I don't think, I think you can merge those two worlds quite nicely. Maybe we'll find some examples yeah. of that and we'll put them on the, uh, on the LinkedIn page and see how they do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It segues into your point that you've you've got here about um, the world being made up of two types of people. So this idea that I saw on Twitter um, mentions that the people that create and the people that consume. And it's really easy to get, as we know, stuck into the consume side of it and end up you know, scrolling on TikTok for hours, well, at least, you know, a strong half an hour becomes an hour very, very easily because those platforms are really good at getting you to, to consume. And oftentimes when you finish, you realize that it was a big waste of time. And it happens to me um, not that often these days because we moved into the other, the other uh, segment, but you do feel a bit bad. You're like, you wasted that time. You didn't learn anything. Even the stuff that was supposed to be educational, you forget, you know, 10 minutes later, you take literally zero action on them. Mm. You save those videos or whatever. Seeking the dopamine hit, but not actually finding it is quite demoralizing. Exactly. So you've got the people who create and the people who consume. And I think um, us coming through with uh, actually putting content out there with the podcast is our way to further utilize those platforms, not by consuming them, but by uh, injecting our content into into them. Uh, and mm. I find it quite uh, uh, freeing in, in that way mm. uh, to, to, to be on the other side and, and getting real-time feedback every week uh, for the last four weeks of people giving us feedback, saying what they like, what they didn't like, and, and improving over time, getting guests. Like, it feels like now when I go on TikTok, is to post a video, a clip about the podcast. It's not to scroll to see other people. Yeah. When I go on, on Twitter, same. I tweet about the podcast. Um, when I go on LinkedIn, half of the time, is for that as well um so that's our way to tilt into the, the 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 creating side as opposed to consuming side i think it's a good framework framework yeah definitely and you and you can get a dopamine hit from it you know i feel like when we do one of these and um, whether it's just us talking or it's even 
every element i'm sure some of this will wane over time but even like the editing process it's just like creative and it gives you that that dopamine that buzz yeah the dopamine hit of doing something creative you know it's it's mm. not as um maybe not as creative as like sitting down and playing guitar for two hours but in another way it is and it is really nice to put something out there and at first you kind of feel a bit exposed that you're putting your thoughts out there that people might not necessarily agree with or your face if anyone yeah. ever looks at this on on youtube or on tiktok um but you kind of get used to that quite quickly. I think it will be if the first time someone gives us a negative comment is going to piss me off because I I find that it annoys me. But it's got to get over those little humps. And other than that, I think yeah. it's uh, it is it is a very nice thing to do. Totally, totally. It's a, it's a exactly like you said. It's a it's a it's another way to get those dopamine hits, which are. Um, Thing positive as opposed to the ad, as opposed to drain you, um, because we are in a cre- in a creative process. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's it's easy for days or weeks and then months to go by where you feel like, other than working, which is great, and you feel like you're contributing and doing something. And anyone that's been out of work will realize how actually shit it is when you're you know, when you when you haven't got that and you feel a bit kind of meaningless. But putting that to one side, it's really nice to have something that you do that is just yeah. like your thing, um, and it's like a, I guess it's a hobby, obviously, um, and yeah, it's just a nice little kind of baby to have. Now you've got three kids, and I've got four. <laughs> exactly. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of kids combined. A lot of kids. Um, yeah. Cool, man. That was just us this week. A little, it was our little recap a month in after reaching a thousand uh, downloads on the podcast, which is um, fantastic. Uh, thank you for everyone who, who listened so far. Um, just going to think it's like a 250 uh, listeners base, you know, times four. That's mm. a thousand. That's roughly like. Um, the, the way I'm calculating it. And yeah, thank you for listening. We've got new guests coming for the for the next few episodes coming up. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be great. We're improving every week. Uh we get into the rhythm. We've got a newsletter that's launched and a bunch of content going out on different channels and stuff that you might you might find uh as you um as you're on there. So yeah. That's us. Yeah, just make sure you you cut out the the part where I uh, go to the toilet. <laughs>